You're listening to the Midday Grind with Martin Kilcoin and Charlie Marlowe on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Please me, it's a real step to try. Oh, because you are the best thing. You are the best thing. So, what did we learn today? We learned that Travis Ford could make 50 out of 50 free throws. That Frank can make 45? That he overvalues Frank. Yes, way over. We're going to get Frank well, in that's, a... that's the positive coverage. Frank Frank treats Slew well <laughs> from a TV and radio standpoint. Story over and This four-game losing streak can be explained, <laughs> folks. Wait a minute. Was Coach nice to you the other day? My guess is Frank is around 37-38. Ooh, Ooh, I'm taking the over. Wow. I think he's in that 41 If you have to range. shoot 50 in a row and you're not shooting a basketball routinely, but the last 15 or 20... <laughs> Your arms are exhausted. Like 50 straight shots. I'm, you're making it. I'm throwing it right back to shoot again, shoot again, shoot again. 50 straight times. How many could you make out of 50? Uh, 35? Maybe. maybe well, it depends. That's 70% now. Uh, you so vastly underestimate well. Cusimano. Uh, he's it's a two, shooter. It's two, it's 2 in the morning. And Monique, get out of here and rebound for me. Yes. <laughs> no, I think Frank's always got a ball. He's like H. Waldman, always had a ball in his trunk. That's Frank. I think Frank would beat me. I think 45 is too high, but I think 35 or whatever No, no, I 37, 38. Puts him near 80%. 76-ish. Well, if you, if you just middle it at 40, eight, for a guy like Frank to walk outside and hit 80%, that's legit. Yeah, Ford, it'd be it'd be impressive. Right. There's a number of NBA players that couldn't do it. Yeah, they can do other things. Shaq could dunk pretty well. Um, I was saying that yesterday. We had the Tatum dunk where he did the spin move. I don't know if you saw the other day. Yep. This spin move and dunk. And I said there's a lot of athletic moments where you see it. And you could say to yourself, well, I could probably do that. Like maybe like even a, a ground ball, a shortstop gets to, and it's a nice play. You're like, I could, you I could maybe. No, do, okay, no, I can't do that. No. But. Or, or if a guy strikes out, like, well, I could have done that. Or he yeah. drops the touchdown. I could have done that. Tatum's play, I said, there's nobody watching right now that could have done that. My favorite thing is watching guys who make things look really easy and then you think you can do them, and then you try. Like Brad Smith used to do this on a football field all the time. It would look like he's jogging and he's running by everyone. So he made everybody think they could play college football, and then you realize how slow you are when you get there. That happened to me. I'll tell you what, it's a blast watching Tatum play against the 76ers which I did earlier this week. He, I mean, he takes those games personal. Well, his you got to hope our, they run run into each other right along yeah. the way before Milwaukee or whatever no in the East. I mean, it's just it's like it's abundantly clear he takes those games personal. He's at his best playing against the Sixers. He's going to be a Pelican wow. before we know it. See, don't say that. I know everybody gets traded in the NBA. And they could package him, and maybe they'd be a better team. But my interest level in Jason Tatum, it should be across the board. St. Louis kid, Chaminade. Yep. But being on the Celtics, I'm a little more interested I'm in his you. career. You stick him in Sacramento or New Orleans or Charlotte, all of a sudden we'll forget to show highlights on TV. We're like, oh, is he still in the league? And oh. Boston's never going to be that bad for that long. The Pelicans are never going to be good ever. So if you have right. Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins on the same team and you still suck, you have no hope of ever being good. Boston could theoretically be in the Eastern Conference Finals for the next five years. Now, at the same time, we also had a clip yesterday, and it was Bradley Beal, clearly traveling and then double dribbling <laughs> and then it wasn't called and i said okay now that i could do but the nba officials have a twitter feed i don't know if they're retired or current and they they explain why it was a legal play i don't know if anyone saw this 
He took about eight steps, yeah. and he was even making smiley faces that the league or the officials said, no, 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 that's legal. He, they said the justification was because he, he restarted or he something? lost possession of the ball, and, and then they said in, in order to lose possession of the ball, somebody doesn't have to hit it out of your hands. So theoretically, couldn't you then pick up your dribble at any time pretend to fumble it and take four more steps and pretend to fumble it and take four more steps, and then eventually you've gathered and you're next to the rim. Right. I thought the explanation made no sense. For the same reason, if you get stuck, you pick up your dribble, you're like, whoops, I dropped it. Right. And then, like, I'll start over. Yeah, there is it some. It wasn't as blatant as the Westbrook where he walks to half court. Have you, you've seen that video yes. where the ball is under his arm. That, that looks like my eight-year-old son's team. They now, just pick up the ball and walk. And, I, and I'm like, where did they learn this? Yeah. Oh, wait, they've probably seen Westbrook do it. The one thing is that there is some justification for the rule because it's not a double dribble. If you're dribbling, you try to pick it up and you whiff and the ball goes down again, then you can dr- keep your dribble if you want to. So there is some justification there. Like it can't just be a double dribble because you, you missed on trying to pick the ball up. But it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He, Would uh, that be a basketball muff of sorts? Yes. It would be a math. There you go. Is that a stat we could add? They keep track of everything. <laughs> they do. No, when Clay Thomas hit all those threes one night, they also had the stat, he did it on just three dribbles the entire night. I'm like, who yep. counts dribbles? 44 <laughs> points on three or four dribbles. That was do incredible. They, John, you're a big stacker. Yeah. Do they do they track dribbles, or well, is it just because his were so the, few the, they were able to tell? The NBA has technology that's just unbelievable, far surpassing any other sport. Yeah. It's incredible because all the, all the arenas – or wired, which I, it's it's amazing. It was about you can six derive. years ago. A company put 160 cameras in every single NBA arena, and and literally was the, like one of the, their selling points in their offer to the NBA teams was like, we're going to be able to tell you how many times each one of your players dribbles with his right hand, how many times he dribbles with his left hand. So that that was ironically enough, like that little stat was almost like one of the few that they were like selling the NBA on. This is how much we can track stuff, and it's changed. I have the never game. seen anyone more excited to. It was like walk, watching Welcome Back, Cotter. If you it's got, like a, com- it's it's like a combination. What was what was a you remember uh, Welcome Back, Cotter? Don't you? Yep. What was the name of the guy who always put his arm up? Not Horshack. Yeah, Horshack. Horshack. It's, uh, you were like a Mr. combination, Mister Cotter. You were like a combination of Solomon and Horshack right there. It was incredible. Wow. That, does the compliment get any higher than the Solomon Horshack combo? No offense to Solly, of course, or, or the previous manager. Yeah. No offense. I will say, if you rest paid, in peace, Horshack. There was one piece of <laughs> relevant NBA news yesterday, and that is Clay uh, Clay Thompson coming out unsolicited, saying, "I want to be a Warrior for life." If somehow that happens, uh, we can just shut down the league. But it's nice to hear somebody wanting to stay because we just came off Anthony Davis and I want to get out. If yep. you're a fan of the team, I'm saying. It's but if nice all the Warriors want to stay, right? It, that doesn't even matter. If this, it, I don't care if LeBron picks up Anthony Davis and a third because they're not going to have enough money the way it's currently constructed to go pick up a real third. It, it doesn't matter. If the Warriors currently constructed, nobody's got any hope, and let's just quit playing. And by, by the way, the NBA did that for team use unless they – uh, give you access to those stats, you have no chance of getting those. I mean, they're very closely guarded stats. Huh. Oh, the dribbles yeah. and such, yeah. okay. Yeah. And the clay one was probably easy because we could count. If he only dribbled three right. times an entire game, we could do that math. The LeBron thing is weird. Like, the whole move, I guess he just wanted to be in Malibu or live in L.A. or be a Laker. Well, it, I mean, from a competitive standpoint, I don't think it made sense, did it? I agree. Uh, and that's why he signed the four-year deal knowing that it wasn't going to happen. He was doing one-year deals with the second-year option the whole time he was in Cleveland so that he could win right now. 
and move if it didn't work. He signed a four-year deal in L.A. I think it was a legacy move. I think, you know, to win a championship in Cleveland was a massive deal to go and have what his was thought to be a you know modern-day super team down in Miami was to be a big deal. And then to then go add to your uh, legacy being the next huge Laker and, and bringing back the Lakers. He's like Stan Kroenke. He wanted to bring back L.A. Yeah, I will tell you this much. Having spent a lot of time in L.A., it's a different place. LeBron James is a big deal no matter what happens out there. He's a big deal because he's sort of transcending the sport. Anaheim's had great hockey players that nobody knows out there. Mm-hmm. You know, but when it, comes, when it comes to a guy like LeBron James, he will always be important in L.A. He will always be a factor in L.A. regardless of what happens with the team. Yeah, it had to be a legacy play. And the they're, brand, they're not you're right. Go, go to brand. Miami. You spend time in South Florida. Nobody talks about LeBron in South Florida anymore. No, but I, but I wonder if they don't win a championship if he's just another dude. Could, couldn't this be Joe Montana in Kansas City? LeBron? No. I'm saying in L.A., if they don't do it. So say no, he stays for he three has, or four has, years. No, because he has star power. Well, so if, does Joe Montana. But this is, I think he's no, just so way beyond. Different. I mean, I think LeBron is so way beyond right. even what Montana was. <laughs> in the NBA, I'm he with you. those kind of stars. But if you are known for being everything, like right now he's already started. He's, this is his first legitimate injury. During his career, if he starts to break down now and never wins in L.A., is he ever considered a Laker, really? I can tell you this much right now, following this league very closely for years. This is the least amount of LeBron talk or discussion that I have ever heard before. And he's in L.A. Yeah. He's in the capital. He's in L.A. I mean, I'm I'm telling you. What are you telling me? It's It's not about going out and winning another championship with the Lakers. It's just being in L.A., he made his mark where he's going to be. It's about everything that comes after basketball. Yeah, I, 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 I get on board with that. And I think he wants to be an owner in time. I think that's what his ultimate goal is. He's probably going to, to convince Dan Gilbert to sell him the team. That at some point. Or somebody's going to have to buy it from Dan Gilbert because they hate each other and he's going to buy a team. At some point, he's going to be on the ownership He's side. in the entertainment, you know, mega center. He's, he's larger than life. And there yeah. he is in the shadows of Hollywood. I he's mean, from that, it all makes sense that way. It's just if you're saying you're trying to win, well, you got the Warriors sitting there. Maybe you could have pieced something together. Cleveland had a better chance just to get to the conference. You'd finals. have to have two or three guys do what Boogie Cousins did this year and and take a six, whatever it was, five or six million dollar contract on well, a one year deal I, to go win. I think we all should probably be paying very close attention to this because there's a lot of guys who have basically give us the impression they don't want to play with them. Well, it was Kevin Durant who said basically a circus follows LeBron around, not interested. And Kevin avoids the circus at all costs. Yeah. Right? He doesn't talk to the clowns. I media. Been, did you see his rant well, the other on day? His burner account. Yeah, about the media. Yeah, yeah, and he starts talking about Porzingis. Nobody in the media ever mentioned Porzingis' name. He's the one who brought it up three times, and, and then at the end starts ripping the media, and you bring up Porzingis. Nobody ever from the media mentioned Porzingis. He, he brought it up himself. Yeah, the, the Rock said the same thing. So. The justification behind that, he was talking about a specific story. And he kept bringing that up. He said, you're writing the story acting like you talked to me and you weren't talking to me. So that individual story, he looked right at that reporter and he said, yeah, you. And so he brought up Porzingis in retaliation to the story that was already written. So we don't have enough context. And somehow, some way, that equates as logical to you. I don't think he should rant against the media. I'm just telling you, he didn't bring it up as if, like, 
Yeah, Porzingis, I don't know nothing about it. He's talking about a story, a specific story so the, he pointed at so the So the story had some Porzingis reference to Correct. it, and he was That related. he was going to be end up with the Knicks, and that, you know, he forced Porzingis out. And that out justifies and him at the end telling the guy with the media, why bring up Porzingis? I don't play with Porzingis. Why do you bring up Porzingis when the media never did? He is the media, and he wrote a story about it. And he hadn't done – it was 12 days in between. Wasn't it 12 days, Rock, in Here between we go his press again. conferences? Here we go again, Rock. Dude. Durant brought him up. Nobody in the media brought up Porzingis. So stop saying. The writers aren't the media. Got it. No. It, it had nothing. To, but nobody at that press conference I know, but that's what he was addressing. He was addressing the story. Okay. He ought to stay with Steph and let Steph be the star because that way nobody will talk exactly. to him. He better not go to New York. If if this is how he's going to handle the Bay Area, oh, I know. Durant, you better not go. If, that's, if there is a chance that he was going to be in New York, he, he may want to reconsider. He should have stayed in OKC. Because there's one thing that was ever – they called him the Slim Reaper or whatever. And the, well, Rock, do you remember the um, – the, the Slim Reaper? That's not a bad name. He hated that. Uh, no, there was something else, too. They put him on the cover when he missed a game-winning shot. And there, there was something. And, and to the, right. the point oh. where they actually Didn't came they out – Didn't they have to apologize? Yes. That is the type of city he needs to live in. I, I, yeah, maybe it was. I called we him should – and Hoff will have the end of the day shortly, and we usually – it's more or less become our correction segment because we guess all day about things that we don't really know what we're talking about. You're right because the paper actually apologized yeah. to Durant. That's a bad look for them and for him. Yes, and he demanded it, you know, it, right. either privately or publicly. And then that, like, that's the city he needs to be in. I run this place. It's a small-town deal. And Westbrook took all the heat. Why would you not want to be in that city? West, people yelled at Westbrook for shooting too much, and they were, you were off limits to criticize, and your team was good. You were, you were a few minutes away from uh, going to the finals. You had, you had the Warriors down 3-1. to one. Like, you were there. Instead, you left, and now you're creating burner accounts to yell at random fans. You have to love the NBA for those – they're big cities, but random markets in terms of pro sports – because the NFL is like, L.A., 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 you know, New York, New York. You know, we're going to London. Let's go to London. What's the biggest city? Let's have a team in Zurich. You know, like bigger, <laughs> bigger, bigger. And then the NBA is in Oklahoma City and well, Salt Lake City Memphis. and San Antonio and Portland and Memphis. Yeah. It really is amazing. Orlando, that that's, yeah. Yeah, their, their landscape is – that fascinates me. And maybe it works because – they're the biggest thing in town. Like in Portland, you're the biggest thing in town. I know the soccer's popular. And I wonder how much of it is demographics. You know, you just figure out, instead of figuring out big city, you figure out who's interested. Because you could put the NBA in some big cities and not have a whole lot of people care, depending on the demographics. There are great stories from Salt Lake when they first got the team from New Orleans. I think it was Daryl Griffith or something, was at the stop sign. And a guy rolled up and said, you've got to be on the team, right? Because you're black and you're in Utah. And the, the early, <laughs> the early, like the early days of the jazz oh, that's great. in Salt Lake I think it's Daryl Griffith who's got a gazillion stories. It's almost 1 o'clock, and at 1, the doors open at Fast Eddie's. It's Monday through Thursday. They open at 1, and then over the weekend, it's 11 o'clock. They're open seven days a week. There's always live music going. Uh, we had a debate one day. I don't know that they needed a mascot. I said, Fast Eddie is a mascot, okay? <laughs> if you go by there, he is all the mascot you'll need. The food is unbelievable, and the prices haven't changed in years. The outdoor patio Sort of a misnomer because it's got a roof on it, but it's huge. They took over the street right next door to the restaurant. On the weekends, you're talking about 1,200 people can pack in there. Great spot every day of the week. Doors open at 1 for the outstanding food, the coldest beer anywhere, and all of the fun you could ever have. If you have a birthday party, bachelorette party, you don't have to call ahead, don't have to plan ahead. Just roll on in to Fast Eddie's Alton, Illinois. It's the corner of 4th and Broadway when you take Clark, the bridge over there. Get off at Alton, turn right. 
Street sign even says Fast Eddie Way. You can't miss it. Doors open at 1 o'clock where the fun's always going at Fast Eddie's in Alton, Illinois. How about this housekeeping, Hoffman? I, earlier I had texted Charlie, and I didn't know if he wanted to make an appearance on you know the show that he's on. He's down in Jupiter. Mm. And he didn't write back for a while, and he said, I already told Cam I would do his show. I'm like, whoa. Wow. What? The, what? Wow. That wow. just happened. <laughs> wow. I already told Cam. I'll catch you. Are you I saying that, I, that Cam is more intimidating than me? Is that? But, oh, wow. I'll look forward wow. to that. That's coming wow. up. Is he afraid of physical harm? We'll address Apparently. that on Monday yeah. when he's back. Uh, time for the end of the day. The end of the day. Okay, when's the end of the day? At the end of the day, it's going to be tough to tell someone they might not be in it. At the end of the day, even though there's moments where you're like, oh, I, you know, I don't want to do this. The headline that ran in the Oklahoman was uh, alongside a column by longtime columnist Barry Trammell that said, Mr. Unreliable. Yes. This was in May of 2014 during a first-round series against the Memphis Grizzlies, a series that uh, Oklahoma City at one point trailed three games to two. Came back to win in seven, and then ended up losing in the conference finals to the San Antonio Spurs. Yes. Durant demanded an apology. It's a little from mean, sports editor. But I don't think you should say a word about it if you're the player, yes. or at least publicly. Now you might say to the PR guy, like, "Hey, you tell Trammell he can call me later." But I wouldn't make a thing out of it. This you is know? your opportunity to let the fans come to your defense, and he didn't. Instead, fans right. fans kind of watch for that, right? If you're the guy defending yourself, they don't have to. Instead, they criticize you for being sensitive. But if you do nothing, then they yell at the sports editor. Right. Let them, let them unleash on the paper. I'm yes. canceling my subscription. I've been a newspaper right. subscriber for Mr. 30 unreliable. years. Unreliable. I'll show you unreliable. Yeah. Why are you? That's our guy. Yeah. Uh, Chris Kerber earlier mentioned that he couldn't remember what game exactly this is for Colton Pareko. Tonight is game 298. It's coming up on 300. It will happen this weekend. Kerb said, I don't have my notes in front of me, guys, but I know it's coming up soon. <laughs> don't you? I've never seen <laughs> his so notes. I just imagine just like one giant piece of like cardboard paper, which is you ever a seen tiny those guys little calling? handwriting. Oh, it's crazy. He's like a magnifying glass to see every little note. I, ever, see him I did preseason football, and you should see the charts. <laughs> Because yes. you'd have Torrey Holt and Isaac Ruiz, so all these stats. You don't need any of those. Yep. You need the guy wearing number 10 that was Darius Blevins' like, roommate or something. You're like, oh, my God. It's, yep. it's And college is worse because there are duplicate numbers. Yes. yes. So you're like, that's number seven. But which number seven is it? And, and they get it wrong frequently. This will surprise you, Hoff. I'm not a fan of that. I'm kind of a number police. Not <laughs> I'm not a fan of the duplicate numbers. What do you do, though, 107? Because there's 127 guys on the team. Well, how many guys can we say, okay, you're never going to play. We start with those guys, and you just don't oh, get a number. <laughs> you don't mean. even. All right, you get a number, but you're not allowed on the field. You're not allowed on the field. Yeah. Maybe can we put a little A next to it? Are you? Uh, why do we assign managers numbers? I, I get, like, the history of it. They're not playing. We don't need a number. They get numbers? Well, maybe not. They yeah, get no, you're right. Yeah, Tony's 10. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, you're right. Well, what's the point of their number there? I just threw out number 10. How about you throw yeah, out the Larissa manager? was 10. Matheny was 20. No offense to Mike, but no <laughs> previous managers. Flaherty has taken his number already. Yes. That didn't take long. Well, what's the point of their number? What's Mike Schultz's number? Maybe it, it may honestly be from back in the day. Maybe they all played. Right, player managers. And managed. Yeah. Yeah. They prob- probably way, way, way back it's when. It's tradition, they- and that's why, for player managers. Do you know what Mike Schultz's number is? That's a great question. I think it's number 8 it is number because eight. of Cal Ripken. Yes. All right. In, in honor of Mike Leake. <laughs> that too. <laughs> uh, Mike Schultz's Wikipedia page is now updated. His record is correct. He's now 41-28. Yes. Did you do it? Yes. I that's really been bothering I double-checked me. baseballreference.com to make sure that that was an official game for him, and it was. 
So 41 and 28 is Mike Schultz's record. Thank you. Uh, since the offseason is so boring in baseball, fans have taken to getting angry at stupid things like Pakoda. Cubs fans are angry at Pakoda because they updated their their projections dead last in the National League Central now. Are they the down to 80? The I think it's 82. Yes, behind the Pirates. Who have not done anything what? this offseason. They dropped them two games since a week ago? And they've done nothing since then. That's what I don't get. Like, there hasn't been, like, oh, Lester's out for the year or Javi Baez is out for, like, they four months. They think they're going to be nothing. below 500. Yes, can you believe no that? No way. Can you put money on the Pakota, like, bet against Pakota? <laughs> I mean, don't you think the Cubs, even if they have a down year, win 85-86? I mean, oh, it, you have to. They have too much pitching. And I know last year it didn't work for them, but Lester has come back around. Quintana should be healthy. You Darvish should be healthy. Cole Hamels. You have so much. Their Chatwood's still there. If, if you are wondering, the biggest miss, to my recollection, by Pakoda was prior to the 2015 season, they projected the Royals to finish 72-90. and 90. Yeah. And then Kansas City flipped that and won the World coming Series. Coming off a World Series Yes, appearance. coming off an appearance in, in the World Series. Uh... But would it not be great if they proved right on this? Oh, yeah. that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I said, the Joe That's what I said on TV the other night. I love Picoda. The Cardinals are only winning 87. I said, you Cardinal fans are outraged. You're mad. Second and then I tell card. you that they have the Cubs going 80 and 82, and you say, these geeks know what they're talking about. <laughs> you know? I like degrees of separation, so I'm going to tie in, because you're mentioning Welcome Back, Cotter. I'm going I'm to tie in that show to this station, to a person on this station. So here we go. Ooh. You mentioned Welcome Back, Cotter, a TV show from the 70s. Horshack was played by actor Ron Palillo. Ron Palillo was killed by Kenny Strode. Wow. Kenny Strode booked Ron on August 8, 2012. He died less than a week later. And that's when Kenny stopped booking guests. He was <laughs> yes. so, so that he was, was so <laughs> he was so traumatized. He just sort of stopped working. We were in the old Webster Studios, uh, and Matt Stemmen and I were I like, oh, my God, that. he killed him. <laughs> That's all it took. <laughs> That's all it took. Yeah. And even Iggy's like, he said he wasn't feeling well, but he would do it anyways. And we're like, oh, no. We and got then, some brats here, boys. And then Kenny would call Aunt Margaret. I'm like, she's a little older. You, want to, <laughs> you may want to be careful, okay? John just spiked his headset yeah, in order to go get some the brats. The brats right. have arrived. And, and in true Cusimano fashion, there was like a stopwatch, and Hadley took his headset off. <laughs> Frank will go to a break. And I said, Frank, we just came out of a break. Yes. It doesn't matter. We've got to go to break, man. It doesn't matter. <laughs> go to break. A little bit of Valentine's Day facts. We are here for Schnooks for Valentine's Day. Uh, men do buy a lot more flowers than women do. Estimated overall $3.3 billion spent on flowers just for Valentine's Day alone. And that was the Chris Long reply when he was having fun and with his power rankings and Valentine's Day was one of his least favorite days. Yes. And somebody said, won't you be buying your significant other? Get her some flowers. And he said, are you getting your man something? Kind of like fair and balanced, yes. right? Huh? But Valentine's Day, not the most popular flower day of the year. Mother's, Mother's Day tops day. it for, okay. for high sales. I was wondering, too, I wonder day. if Memorial Day is a high flower day. Oh, for, uh, for like veterans? Uh, yeah, bringing in. Uh, a ton of people do that. They do. Uh, men do spend more than women on Valentine's Day. On average, men spend 130 on their gal, and gals spend about 70. Did Frank go to Jupiter just so he on could avoid on himself. Yeah. <laughs> I, do not underestimate how many girls buy flowers for themselves right. when they are single. And send right. it to work, the office, and then go, oh, wow. And then nobody notices. You go, oh, wow, look what I got. <laughs> On that topic <laughs> in 2015, estimated McGraw 18. would do that. He'd send himself flowers. 18% of women will buy flowers for themselves That's on right. Valentine's That's Day. That's so right. 
Do we think Frank went to Jupiter just so he could avoid yes. Monique and yes. like getting herself there? Yeah. And to see Paul hit the ball 8,000 feet. Yes. Talk. <laughs> Honey, I know it's Valentine's Day. Did you hear what Paul freaking Goldschmidt just did? And then she's like, who's that? <laughs> and finally, if you haven't noticed, sweetheart candies, those little hearts with like, you know, love you or hug me or whatever nonsense. What are those called? Not they- being sold this year. Really? The company was sold, and I guess he ran low, uh, short on production, so yep. they're going to restart it next year. Oh, wow. How that's that that's a whiff. This is like a work stoppage <laughs> in thing. baseball. I don't right. know if they're coming back. That's Valentine's Day's on strike. Buy, how do you buy that company and not have those ready to go? That's what they're known for. <laughs> what, what else does that company make? I have no idea. Okay. That's the end of the day. I mean, we bought the uh, Mars company, but we don't have any Snickers for a while. Like, why would you? <laughs> like, what else do those people do? Mm. Very disappointing. And we have Milty. Who's real close to the station, a little far from here. A little far from here, but a stone's throw from where we are in Kirkwood. And if you're currently sideways to the IRS, if you have years of unfiled tax returns that keep you up at night, and if you're facing tax liens, bank levies, or wage garnishments, you need to call former Department of Justice Tax Division Attorney Mark Milton or visit his website at stltaxlawyer.com. He provides a local and holistic approach to tax resolution. Don't be sucked into those out-of-town tax resolution groups you hear on the TV and the radio. Mark lives and works in Kirkwood, Missouri. If you have IRS problems, visit stltaxlawyer.com today. Remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisement. Any text messages that we failed to oh, get gosh. to, as I tell you, that Schnooks has roses, a dozen roses for twenty-four ninety-nine. So if you're running around need a last-minute idea, Stop by any neighborhood schnooks and grab that. Also, buy one, get one free. Russell Stover's, that's going on right now. The Simply Schnooks magazine is complimentary. Grab one of those. You can plan a big date night. It's steak night, date night. Get some great recipes in there, all part of the great service at Schnooks. We're here at the one in O'Fallon, Missouri. Highway K Monticello is the location. Camp Jansen's going to be hanging here. The shows continue until 3. And uh, come on by and say hello. Any text from four hours ago? We'll read those tomorrow. We'll read, them tomorrow. <laughs> we'll read today's text. Someone, though, pointing out that you're talking about the Missouri-Tennessee rivalry that extends beyond just collegiate blues predators turning into a nice little heated yeah. NHL yeah. rivalry yeah. as so well. Missouri and Tennessee, yeah. and they've got that whole city-county thing figured right. out ahead of them. they got an MLS team. Yeah. Yeah. We hate those country buggers. <laughs> All right, got to go. The hard Bunch line. Of hicks. <laughs> yeah, we can call people hicks, right? right? The hard line no is coming your way next, live from Schnooks. <laughs>